Welcome to the Monday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. Today we're in Nahum. And Nahum is a little three-chapter book that announces quite the opposite of what Jonah did. Remember, Jonah went and tried not to go to Nineveh to announce potential doom if they didn't turn from their sin to the Lord. And there was a great revival Nineveh all turns back to the Lord, and the Lord spared them, right? But remember, Nineveh, who is the capital city of Assyria, in Assyria itself is a mighty country. And what happens so often in our own lives, too, is we think we are strong enough. And so they started living in their own might again. And remember, Nineveh was a brutal, brutal, brutal city. And what often happens when we walk with the Lord is we figure this is too tough and we can't do it. So we go back to what we know best. So if we think about Nineveh, Nineveh is easy in being brutal to people. It's easy for them to have hatred. It's easy for them to want to go out and kill people, behead people, skin people, impale people. And and there actually becomes a, I don't know, a lust for that. And when you give your heart to God... He can take that out of you, but you have to be willing and subject to allow him to do that. And if we're not 100% willing to do that and give ourselves to the Lord, that little foothold Satan has starts to fester. And so Nineveh has obviously allowed that to fester, and they have become this mighty sinful nation again. And so Nahum has to go pronounce judgment against them because God is just and he's not going to deal with it anymore. They've oppressed people. They've went back to their old ways. And so what's that, what's that say is what it, to me it says, that's why I always say my fear of the Lord isn't fear of punishment. My fear of the Lord is to be without him because I know what my life was all those years without him. It was total chaos and it was a wreck and you know I talked about yesterday in our Sabbath in our worship service how we have those days and times in our life where it seems like we take two steps forward and three steps back and so maybe because our house our temple is we're not giving God the time the priority because we're spending more time in our own efforts than we are in God's efforts. 
we give him what's left, we give him the leftovers, and that's not what he wants. He wants to, us to love him with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And it just reminds me of stories, you know, of people who've received massive healings, and they they're crying out to the Lord, and they get massive healings, and the Lord literally has clutched them from the from the grasp of death, much like Nineveh, and, and they're they know it. Death was on their doorstep, and then you know for whatever reason, months or a year later, years later, they turn away from God and they're angry, they're bitter, they they look at Christian people with, uh, I don't know, anger. It's all I can think is anger because that's what I see is anger. And if you talk about it with them, they're angry, and they have angry outbursts, and and it's like I just, it's like man, God did an amazing thing in you, and you can't deny it, and now you want nothing to do with God, and it just reminds me a lot of the story of Nineveh because with Nineveh, God spared a nation, man, and then they turned from God. If God's sparing us from sheer death. Or whatever our situation, bankruptcy, uh, financial ruin, uh, relationship destruction. If God just totally spares us, I think we have a lot to be thankful for. I would not want to be out of his grasp. And we know that all this comes to be because archaeologically we find it and Nineveh and Assyria are no more on the map, okay? And so what's interesting, if you look in the preface of this reading, if you get if you guys are following along in the Daily Walk Bible, it talks about an, a lengthy siege. And Nineveh was under siege for two years. It also talks about how it would be destroyed while the Ninevites were drunk, and the, it writes that the Assyrian king distributes wine to his soldiers and the army was carousing when it was attacked. That's being bold. We're so strong, we don't even have to be sober. That's like I got two DUIs already. I don't need a, I'm good, I can do another one. And then something else happens and people get injured, killed. What we don't realize a lot of times is what we choose in a relationship with God, it really does affect those around us. <laughs> it really does. Because the way we act, react, and live trickles down and causes those in our immediate circle of influence to see how we act, react, and live. And either one or two things happens. Either they see that and do the same, so we draw them into that lifestyle which is against God, or it repels them and they don't want to have anything to do with us. And then people want to stay away from us. 
and they don't like us because we're like the like the Ninevites. People didn't like them. They were mean, angry people. So maybe you know, one: Are you leading people astray and bringing them into a lifestyle that's going to send them to hell? And two: Do you are people staying away from you because you're a mean, angry person? You know, that's a couple of things we got to look at. Another thing it said was that the city would be destroyed by a flood. And archaeologists today have seen proof that there was a devastating flood in 612 B.C. And then it said it would be destroyed by fire. And we're like, flood, fire. Well, both can happen, right? Because they found alabaster slabs of the palace that were reduced to lime, which indicates intense heat from a fire. So the word of God never returns void is basically what we're saying. When the word of God speaks, that's why I use that intro, word of God speaks, and when the word of God speaks, it never returns void. He is always true to his word. So when we get into Nineveh, the Lord is like angry with them because he's given them chance after chance after chance. And I know we're going to stand before him one day and he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Or he's going to say, hey, why didn't you make the decision to follow me? And he's going to be upset if we didn't choose him. He's going to be upset with all the chances we give because it says the Lord is slow to get angry, but his power is great and he never lets guilty go unpunished. And then he also says the Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. And man, when we trust in him, that is so true because we can take refuge in him on those days of trouble. It doesn't say we're going to have an easy life. It just says we can go through it with him and coddle with him, get close to him, let him hold us through those difficult moments. And so here's what the Lord says concerning Nineveh. You will have no children to carry on your name. So your time has come. I'm going to destroy all the idols in your temples and all the stuff because you are despicable. But look, people of Israel, people of Judah, a messenger is coming over the mountains with good news. He's bringing a messenger of a message of peace. For your wicked enemies will never invade your land again. They're going to be completely destroyed. So this this enemy of evil and bad is not going to be there anymore. And this messenger that's coming with the good news, you know, that's messianic. That's Messiah's coming. And he's going to deliver us. And we're going to, when we all get to heaven, what a wonderful day that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. That's a song. So we're going to get to escape that. But while we're here, we can take refuge in him. And that's what he's saying. 
And so we get into chapter two, and the Lord's talking about how he's going to crush Nineveh. And so he says, be on the defense. Watch out. Call your forces because it's coming. But nothing's going to be able to protect you because you've sinned so greatly. It's time for your day of judgment, and you're going to, there's no escaping it because of what you've done. So what sorrow awaits Nineveh, the city of murders and lies? And it's just the whole thing about all your fortresses will fall and they will be devoured like figs. And it's the description of how Nineveh's going to fall. And there's no healing for your wound because they've been so cruel to people. So here's the here's the thing. If we're not following God and we've resorted back to the lifestyle we used to have, it's certain, first and foremost, that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to come back to him because it says he's slow to angry and filled with mercy and unfailing love. So He's he really is slow to act because he wants us to come back to him. But what we also know is he is just and punishment is certain for those who turn from him. What's our punishment? The real punishment is not like we're going to get a spanking or or anything like that. And in this case, they they do suffer physical death and annulment from the face of the earth because they've punished his people. But for us, it's banishment from his sight to the pits of hell. Now, hell is described as a lake of fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And and we can we can describe it however we want to, but the reality is it's real. And the biggest part of it is it's going to be miserable because here's the thing about hell that we have to realize. In hell, all the woulda, shoulda, coulda, and memories and knowledge of what we shoulda did, coulda did, and where we had opportunity to do is always going to be engraved in our memory. That in itself will be the burning point going through our mind for eternity. So whether we want to believe it's a lake of fire where we're always on fire, that's up to you. But the burning point will be the fact that it's going through our mind every day, every day, every day. I could have been with Jesus. And we're going to see the fact that we missed it. Look in Luke 16. I know we haven't got to the New Testament yet, but we will. Look in Luke 16 at the end of the chapter with the story of Lazarus and the rich man. And that is a perfect depiction of heaven and hell. Because in heaven we are protected. We don't, we don't see pain. We don't see uh, sickness. Everything is perfect health there. Everything is perfect. We get new bodies, you know, these old wretched things we have with scars are made new. And so 
we are protected even from what could have been, like loved ones that could have made it but didn't. We don't know. God protects us. Because we are under his refuge in heaven. It's heaven. But hell, the hell of it all is the fact that we didn't make it and we know that we're there and we see that we could have been there and that's embedded in our mindset forever. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. And the Ninevites who had their opportunity, had a revival, made themselves right before God, repented, accepted God as their God, and then turned from him again, experienced that every day. So my thing is, if God's done an amazing work in you and you've turned from him, Maybe it's time to say, nope, I don't want to be in that boat. I want to turn back to the Lord and serve him with all my heart, soul, and strength. I need deliverance, Lord. Let me come to you with everything I have and just cleanse me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit today and help me to serve you and you alone and make you Lord of my life because Lord knows I don't want to live in that kind of hell anymore because we can truly be in a sort of hell on earth. And that's what the Ninevites had to experience. So let's start our work week off saying, hey, Lord, I'm yours. I don't want to be without you. And take me into your arms this week and help this be the best week ever. Because the Lord is Lord of your life. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow when we get into Habakkuk, which gives us some really good insight. Yea, though it may tarry. That's another version. But he's coming. God speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes. Your man.